Hill, I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. Those of us here and those of you out there watching live, we are endeavoring to walk in the power of God, the kingdom of God, not just word, but with power. And I ask you to join me, join your faith, just like Joel said before we came out here. Join your faith with me, and let's watch God move amongst us. All right? It's just not one, folks. It's all of us. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father. My heavenly Father, I get thanks. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to you. And I ask this, Father, that you grant a spirit of grace on this meeting. Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting. A spirit of grace. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. It is in my heart, ladies, to ask, and those of you even watching live, that next week, 15 minutes before the program begins, if you are able to be here, if you're able, Come in and let us pray together. Let's get this group starting to pray together. Just 15 minutes. That's a, I think that's a good start. And we'll be praying for Doyle. All right? We have a, a neat testimony today. I'll tell you a little bit above it. I was telling the ladies. I talked to Cindy Barber last week. And I believe it was last week. And... Uh, beginning, I said, I believe God wants you to do testimony, but I usually know what God wants, and I didn't. Well, I found out that my calling her was actually over something different. God wanted me to call her, but I knew that he did want her at some time here when she was available to, make, to share a testimony. Well, the testimony was forthcoming, and it happened a couple days ago, and Cindy has a beautiful testimony. Ladies, listen, and let's learn how to walk in this, all right? Cindy? Yes. Hello. Hello, ladies, and all of you out there, and out there, because I'm home in my home. Thank God. In my home. That's the testimony, a lot of what's happened. I do want to share a verse as I prayed about where to start. I thank God the Lord did give Kathy direction, just basically where your faith came from. So I want to share Galatians 5, 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. And this is what is important to my heart. But faith, which worketh by love. Faith, which worketh by love. As you've all heard, an E3 tornado came through Mount Juliet early Tuesday morning, about 1. E2 was in Nashville, gathered speed, got to Mount Juliet um, as an E3, which is about 165 miles an hour winds. Now, I believe the Lord would have me share that in our area, we have a lot of trees. My home is surrounded by a lot of trees. God began to build my faith with storms years back. 
little by little, um, because I've seen some damage with trees, I would see them swaying. I would see a lot of damage from other storms. And as I listened to Doyle's faith, Kathy's faith, all the people in this ministry, God's no respecter. I began to use faith outside in a storm, or if I got a sense in my spirit, you better step outside, I would go. And I would start binding the devil and the power. And I was bold. You're not coming near my house. You're not coming to my family, my lands. You're not coming to the neighbors. You're not coming. And I would name names if he put them in my heart. I was texting at times with the girls. Barely, barely, or barely, barely, rarely did we not text to just agree for no power of the devil to come upon us. And the reason why we could do that is faith works by love. And what had happened Tuesday, I got off the broadcast, had some warnings on my phone of a storm, which is pretty normal. A lot of storms come through here, as well as high waters, some, some pretty bad uh, flooding at different times. But I had gotten, um, the broadcast had finished, Courier, bless her heart, I said, boy, I said, there's a storm coming through, uh, warnings coming. And right out of her spirit, mutual faith, as uh, Kathy just said, she said, well, I break the power of that. I break the power of that devil. And I'll tell you, we joined faith and said a few things because in my spirit what came up was thy will be done on earth as in heaven well i know uh, in heaven there's no tornado damage so i thought god thank you praise your name and the last thing she reminded me i said was i have peace i did some reading went to bed i wear light earplugs when jason's off the road and i have water of life music loud now, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning with just a little bit of thunder sound and a lightning flash. And then my phone went off about 5.30, which was Kathy Davidson asked if we were okay. I had no idea that a tornado had come two miles from our house. Now, I went ahead and um, started checking. Christine had sent me a voicemail about uh, 1.30. It had passed through. During that time of the storm, her and her sister were, were, were praying and texting. The granddaughter was alone in another city, which would be uh, to the east of us, alone at college. Everyone was on break. She was in her shower, had been reading her psalms, and knowing the power of the gospel, the safety of the gospel. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. And I got up, I began to check things out. Actually, I'm gonna tell you, I was very stunned. At first I said, Lord, how did I miss this? You know, I mean, I had earplugs in. And then I realized I was set at safety because something has been built in my heart through the years. And, and we prayed and God just kept me asleep. Now, I have been awakened at times by storms and, and I will share, there was a time Christine and Karen, I knew a wicked one came through so bad that we thought it was going to break our windows. And I jumped out of bed and I said, no, as they have been taught to do through this ministry, as I have. 
And I got up and immediately after I said that, it lightened up, it passed. The neighbors have damage sometimes in their yard. We have sometimes had not even a branch down, honestly. Now, when I got up, I slipped in the bathroom because the devil was a little upset with me. And I wasn't not paying attention, but almost, almost well, I did fall and almost cranked my head on the side of a sharp edge. But God upheld me, which I had to chuckle. Kathy Davidson spoke that day about God upholding you like a, with a pillow. And he did. So um, is what's really in my heart today is where the faith came from. I was a Christian for 46 years. 46 years, and I have known this gospel only 18 years. Why? It's never, it was never told to me. I had, just like I read in the scriptures, whether it's circumcision or uncircumcision, whichever way you're trying to be righteous, there's only one way, and it is by believing that Jesus died for our sin, was buried, and he rose from the dead. He rose for me. He rose for all of you. He rose for the whole world. And I, th I think about the love of Jesus with his father. His father had great love to send his own son. And his son knew that love. And he, he walked with him closely, closely after he came out of that well in the wilderness as well. But you know the scriptures talk how he drew near to his father whenever he needed to, through the night, early in the morning. Why? The fellowship. Even Jesus's faith had to work through the love, through the love of his father. Now, when I was born again, I was joined to the Lord. I have that spirit of faith in my heart. I have Jesus's faith in me. And that is the love of God in me. That faith works by that love. I just want to encourage everybody that the love of God and the fellowship with him, the fellowship when we draw near and he will draw near to us. And during this time of going through the day of the tornado, watching the devastation, the sorrow, the sadness, and yet faith in some people's hearts, many people, a woman was on the news, her home was gone, and the news lady said, well, how are you, or what did you do, what was it like during that time, and she had one sentence, I just called Jesus, 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 until it was over, and I know the girls were in a different situation than I was, as far as they were awake, I was not. But I know that God had put in Doyle's heart faith for storms. And sometimes the fear here would be strong. And I would have to get out and speak against it because it's the wickedness. If Jesus said, hey, Cindy, I came to destroy the work of the devil. Now take the gospel and use your faith. And sometimes you have to hammer down. You have to kind of grab a hold of it because up here seems to be some emotion. But sometimes you grab hold with all that's in you. And you say, I'm not letting go. I am not letting go. I am not going to have destruction. I am not going to have my family 
put down and destroyed by any of the works of the devil. I am not going to make light of what Jesus has said is the truth, the way, and the life. It is the gospel. It is the power of God. It is the power to my salvation. I just thank God because the devastation is showing more and more here. The um, four people who died in the Nashville area, we had three people who died here. I just found out this morning the FedEx complex, a huge and um, um, armor, what do they call that? The body armor, the, the armor place where they make all that body wear. We have huge warehouses. They are between Kara and I. And there was some devastation there. Uh, a man was killed in one of those warehouses. There's a thoroughfare that goes straight from our house to her house through across the interstate. God, are, are we any better than anybody else here? No. Are we any more um, that God loves us more? No. But we have heard a report. We've heard a report. And it is in Isaiah 53. One of the last things that I, I feel I want to wrap up with that's in my heart is the grace of God, that we access that wonderful grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It says so in Romans 5.1, that therefore being justified, we have peace with God, that we have access to this grace through faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we stand in the hope of the glory of God. And the end of Isaiah 53 says that, that God will um, give a portion to Jesus. The Father said he'll give Jesus a portion and he'll divide the spoil with the strong. But I also want to say that, tell you the word strong means feeble. There's times that, that we will feel fear. And, and Doyle on one of his audios a long time ago says, well, we know you have fear already. You just need to get through it. And I've thought, wow, you know, admitting that, that you can be afraid is the humility. But it's what you do. You pick it up. You pick up that gospel. And the power of that gospel for our salvation is constantly. And the fellowship with him. And I do want to say, I did not hear that gospel like I said, I've only noted 18 years. I had to write it down. 46 years since 1974, when I was recalled, I would say, by, by the Lord, awakened my heart. I, I believe I was saved in about 67 when I went to, um, I heard of, that he died for me. And I remember asking him into my heart then. But Doyle has said, he calls it my gospel. And I will definitely say it is Doyle's gospel that Jesus Christ gave him because I hadn't heard it. And I was out there for 46 years. I heard it. Well, 28 years, I had not heard it. And I just want to thank God that it is a revelation into our heart that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried and he rose again. And there's where the power is. That's the faith in that that brought us through into deeper grace, the grace of God. And even Jesus said, I'm going to wind up with Romans or Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus. We see Jesus. Do you see him? Do you see him? Do you see him? Do you see the love he gave? Do you see the love God gave 
to give him to us who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor that he that jesus by the grace of god should taste death for every man the grace is sufficient and we get to it through faith and believing the gospel and i give god the glory i give him the glory because our shelters are safe because we dwell under the shadow of the most high amen amen thank you cindy if you would turn with me to first timothy 2 we are talking we are teaching about prayer and like i said before if you are available about 15 minutes before this program starts we will meet here you can meet us within prayer and we'll pray 15 minutes for doyle now if you will go with me to verse one i exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men we talked about this last week this is the apostle paul we're talking about prayer we're talking about becoming women of prayer now uh, it's last week we talked about giving of thanks i think it's kind of funny i'm going backwards that is not my nature that is not my nature but we are going to look at intercession today intercession intercession i, I tell you what when God takes your body, when God takes your heart, when God, by the Spirit, will take a hold of you and use you for intercession, it is a glorious thing. It is so, it is difficult, but it is so much fun. It is so much fun. We are going to take a look at intercession. God will use anybody that's willing. I've told that. I've said that. You know, we have people that say, well, I have the ministry of intercession. If you read right there in Second. Timothy 1, it says everybody has that ministry. Everybody has the ministry of intercession. You just have to be willing and you have to be available. You have to be available to the Spirit of God. Now, we're going to look. We're going to do this even different than what I normally used to teach. We are going to look at examples first. We're going to look at three examples today if we have time. We're going to take a look at three examples of intercession and we're going to learn from him. We're going to learn the definition of intercession just by looking at him. And I'll tell you what, they are three glorious testimonies. But as we look at them, I want you to remember this. God only needs a body. He only needs a heart. He only needs a heart willing. And he'll use it. Now, if you will go with me to Genesis 18. The first one we're going to look at is Abraham. Now, Abraham was sitting, minding his own business under his tent, and three guys showed up. One of those, two of them were angels, one of them was Jesus. Jesus showed up. And Abraham ran to meet him. And Abraham said, come over, sit down for a little bit. Let me, let me make you some dinner, you know, and then you can go do what you want to do. You know what the wonderful thing you know about the Spirit of God is? There is no accidents in the Spirit of God. There is nothing that accidentally happened. There is no coincidence with the Spirit of God. Jesus, the Spirit of God sent Jesus here for a purpose. And we're going to find out what that purpose was. It wasn't just to have a good steak. Do you know Jesus ate steak? Do you know that he had his, his, uh, his was it servant run and get a cow, a calf, and kill it? And let's make steak. He had steak and bread. He had bread. I won't say it. All right, verse 16, that's where we're going to start. 
And the men rose up from thence, the two angels and Jesus, and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said to Abraham, he said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. So Jesus is talking to Abraham. Shall I tell Abraham what I'm going to do? Do you think he did that just for a good time? Do you think he just did that because Abraham was a friend of his? He had a purpose. Jesus had a purpose of telling Abraham what he was about to do. And we're going to see that purpose. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Now. And the Lord said because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. And because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not, I will know. He's going to go down and check this place out. Personally. Personally. Isn't that amazing? And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. Now, Abraham already knew what Sodom was like. And it said, and... Because their sin, I will go down now. And it says, the men turned their faces from thence, went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood before the Lord. Abraham didn't budge. Abraham didn't budge. He stood before the Lord. And here comes the intercession. And this is beautiful. And Abraham drew near to Jesus and said, Wilt thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham already knew his intent. Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Notice, Abraham is standing between Sodom and Gomorrah and Jesus. He's standing between them. He's standing between them. And he says, will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? Is he standing up for the wicked? In this case, no. And he said, A peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? And let it be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. Abraham is bargaining with the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the one that made everything you and I ever see. He's talking to the creator. Will you destroy the city for 50 righteous? Shall the, and, and then it said, uh, That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee, Lord. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Shall not the judge of the whole earth do right? standing up to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He is standing up against Jesus. He said, will not the judge of the earth do right? That takes a little bit of guts. That takes a little bit of courage. And the Lord said, 
If I find Sodom, 50 righteous within the city, I will spare all the place for their sakes. Abraham didn't stop. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am now but dust and ashes. Peradventure, there shall lack five of the 50 righteous. Will thou destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, Jesus said, If I find there 40 and five, I will not destroy it. And he spoke unto him yet again and said, Peradventure, there be 40 found there. And, he, and Jesus said, I will not do it for 40's sake. And then he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there be 30 found there. And Jesus said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And then Abraham again, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. I am talking face to face. With Jesus. Peradventure there be 20 found there. And he said I will not destroy it for 20's sake. And he said oh let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet this once. Peradventure 10 be found there. And he said I will not destroy it for 10's sake. Abraham stood up to Jesus. Abraham is a man like you and me. Abraham is a man like you and me. And I'll tell you what. If you have the spirit of God on you. And he leads you into intercession. You will stand just like Abraham did. In front of God. You will. The spirit of God will use you. To intercede. Why? Why did Jesus tell Abraham. He was on the way to Sodom. So Abraham could intercede. So Abraham could intercede. You know what Jesus knew? There wasn't even 10 righteous in Sodom. There wasn't even 10. But turn the page to Genesis 19 and go down to 20, 29. But Jesus hearkened unto Abraham. Verse 29, it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah, that God remembered Abraham. God remembered Abraham. God remembered what Abraham said and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Do you see who saved Lot? Do you see what saved Lot? Abraham's intercession. Abraham's intercession. God didn't remember Lot. God remembered Abraham's prayer. Ladies, we have to let God use us in intercession. We have to let, we have to yield our vessels to God so he can use us. So he can use us in intercession. You say, well, I have a job. You're not at that job 24 hours a day. You've got to let your vessel be used of God. Yield it to him. Let him use it when he needs it. It is a glorious thing for God to use you in intercession. It is a glorious, satisfying, comforting thing to let God use you in intercession. Now, the next one. Go with me to Numbers 14. One of my favorite part. One of my favorite what do you want to say? Things that happen in the Bible. This is Moses. And this is the people of Israel. And the 12 
that went to spy out the land came back and they said, oh, the land's glorious. Yes, filled with milk and honey. But we can't get in there because the giants are there and they're going to eat us all. They're going to kill us. A bad report from 10 of the spies that went in, two of them, Caleb and Joshua, had a different report. Joshua, I love what he said. He said, they're bread for us. You know what Joshua knew? It said Joshua had a different spirit. He knew who was going to fight the battles. And it wasn't going to be the people of Israel. God was going to do it. God would fight the battles. God would fight the battles. We've got to get our hearts to realize we don't fight the battles. God fights the battles. He may use our vessel in prayer, but God is the one that fights the battles. And Moses knew this. Joshua knew this. Jake, uh, Caleb knew this. You know what? The only two, the only two. If you read this in your spare time, if you read this, those ten spies died immediately after this happened. They all died. They were all killed by God. He wiped those ten spies out. Sometimes it's better to keep your mouth shut. God wiped the ten spies out. They didn't teach me that in Sunday school. All right, in verse 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them. If God has done any miracles for you, use your faith. And I will smite them with a pestilence, and I'll disinherit them. And I will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses stood up against Jehovah. Moses stood up. Moses stood up against Jehovah. And Jehovah wasn't happy. This took some courage. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it. For thou bringest this people up in thy might from among them. See, Moses knew how they got where they were at. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that thou art Lord among this people. And thou art Lord, art seen face to face. And thy cloud standeth over them. And that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud. And in a pillar of fire by night. They've all heard of your power. They've all heard you're with us. Now. If thou shalt kill all these people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, saying, Behold, because the Lord was not able, not able to bring this people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he has slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee. I, I love this. Now I beseech thee. Let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. Not to part the Red Sea. Not to kill the, first, the, the firstborn of all the Egyptians. Not to make the water into blood. Let the power of my Lord be great to do what? To forgive. To forgive. 
Moses knew it was going to take power. It was going to take power to forgive. And he said, let the power of my Lord be great according as thou hast spoken. Now he brings back to God the words that God spoke to him. Remember when you said this? It is written to us. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. According to the greatness of thy mercy. And that thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Standing face to face with God. Saying that the power of your Lord be great and forgive. Face to face. Standing before a God that's not happy. Interceding. And what is his answer? And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. According to thy word. God does nothing by coincidence. He had Moses there. He's the one that told Moses, get out of the way. He, could, he didn't have to tell Moses anything. Do you see that? He didn't have to tell Moses anything. He could have picked up Moses, put him over there, and wiped them all out. But he told Moses why. He had a purpose. He had a purpose. He had a purpose. Go with me to Isaiah 59. He had a purpose. He had Moses there when he needed him. He had Abraham there when he needed him. He even had Noah there when he needed him. He needed him. He had a purpose. Now look at this. Isaiah 59, 16. This is about the father. Let's go, let's go to verse uh, 14. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. The truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departed from evil made himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him, and, he, and him that there was no judgment. And he saw, look at this, and he saw there was no man. He saw there was no man. He's looking for a man. Why was he looking for a man? The next, the next phrase, and wondered that there was no intercessor. And wondered there was no intercessor. He was looking for a man. That's gender free, folks. He's looking for anybody. He's looking for a man. And he wondered there was no intercessor. And look at the next part. Therefore, his arm brought salvation. Unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. It's righteousness, it sustained him. And then it goes on and it describes the intercessor. Who was the intercessor? Jesus. 
and his arm brought salvation. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This is the third example of intercession I'm going to share today real quick, and then we will continue this next week. But if you will go down to verse 12. Well, let's, let's begin in verse 11. And, and he shall see the travail of his soul. What is that? That is the Father. That is the Father. God, Jehovah, looking down on Jesus in hell. Looking down on Jesus suffering in hell with our sin. With our sin. Not Jesus' sin, our sin. The chapter, verse 4. Surely Jesus has borne our griefs and carried our sicknesses. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. And everyone turned his own way. And the Lord, Jehovah, laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Jesus went to hell in our place. He was our substitute. Somebody was going to have to pay. Somebody was going to have to pay for what you and I did. And God sent Jesus to pay. Somebody was going to have to pay for our sin. And God sent Jesus to pay. And he sent Jesus, after he was crucified on the cross, he sent Jesus to hell. Acts 2. He sent Jesus to hell. And it says here in verse 11. He says, well, let's, let's go back to verse 10. That's too, too good to look at. Yet it pleased the Lord to do that to Jesus. It pleased God to do that to Jesus. Why? Somebody was going to have to pay, and this one could. This one could. This one could pay. This one was capable. This one was able to pay for what you and I did. God knew he could do this. That's why he sent him. He knew he could get it done. And it says, he shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the Father, shall see the travail of Jesus' soul in hell, knowing he could do this. Knowing he could do this. So he shall, and seeing the travail of his soul, he shall be satisfied. The Father was satisfied with what Jesus paid for you and me. He was satisfied. The Father was satisfied. Get that in your hearts. The Father was satisfied. If you're satisfied, you don't need anything else. You're satisfied. If you go have a big steak dinner with a baked potato loaded and a salad with extra ranch and you eat it all and you're satisfied, you don't need another steak. 
Jesus satisfied the Father with his sacrifice. He is satisfied concerning you. He is satisfied concerning you. But you don't know what I did. He is satisfied concerning you. Jesus was the only one that could do this. And the Father knew it. And he sent him. Because he knew this one could satisfy the Father. This one could satisfy the Father. This one. This one could satisfy the Father. Now. Verse 12, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death. That's Jesus on the cross for you. And he was numbered with the transgressors down in hell and on the cross. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of me. He bore the sin of you. He bore my sin. He bore your sin. And. 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 Made intercession. Made intercession. There is only one mediator between God and man. The man. The man. The man. What did we see in Isaiah 51? He wondered there was no man. So he sent one. He sent the man. He sent the man. Isn't that beautiful? He sent the man. The God that was with them gave up everything, all his power, and became the man. The man. The man. There was our intercessor. There is our intercessor. Did you know you had been interceded for? Did you know you had been interceded for? Did you know there was someone that stood between you and God and interceded for you? Do you know that he not only interceded for you coming out of the grave, he is at the right hand of the Father still, still interceding for you. Go with me to Hebrews 7.25. I love that, the man. The man. Here's the man. We used to say when I was in high school, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself, you're the man. Well, here's the man. Here's the man. All right. Um, Hebrews 7, 25. Wherefore, Jesus. Uh, let's, let's, go in the, um, let's go in verse 24. But this man. Because he continueth forever has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. To save them to the uttermost. Do you see that? Some of you think that you're only going to get a little saved. He is able to save you to the uttermost. 
most. The uttermost. Some of you are going through some things and your soul is being ripped apart. Why? Because God is saving you to the uttermost. Some of that stuff way down deep in there hurts. It hurts. He is saving you to the uttermost. Why? Saving you to the uttermost to come unto God by him, by Jesus, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus is in heaven right now interceding for you and I. Interceding. Boy, do I need it. Boy, if I had anybody to pick to intercede for me, it'd be him. It'd be him. And he's doing it. I don't see it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. You see, it manifests when you believe it. But it's already been done. It's already been done. Believe it. Amen? That is the intercessor. And when we yield our vessels for intercession, the man, the man and the Spirit of God do the interceding through us. I will give a quick testimony, and you've all heard it before, but this is a beautiful example of intercession. I saw on Facebook a woman that I've never met, had a granddaughter born premature that I've never seen, knew nothing about them other than that they, they became friends with me on Facebook because of, the, because of being on TV. And she put up there one evening, she said, my premature granddaughter is not eating. And the doctors have told us if this child will not eat, she's going to die. And she asked for prayer. She said, please, would you pray? Now, you see that all the time on Facebook. There are always requests, hundreds. But this one, the Spirit of God grabbed my spirit and said, pray. Pray. And I started to pray in tongues. Romans 8 says, intercession with tongues. And I could tell the Spirit of God was using my heart and my mouth to pray for this child. Now, there might have been a million others praying for her, but I knew the Spirit of God was using my heart and my soul and my mouth to pray. And after I prayed in tongues for a while, out came these words, your compassion fails not. Father, your compassion fails not. I said that for about 10 minutes until I had peace in my heart. I had peace that I was done. I got up the next morning, of course I went to Facebook, and I went to her place and she said, a miracle has happened. The baby that wouldn't eat at all took in, I think it was like five ounces. I mean, it was, it was, it was like, do they even have that much of a stomach at that, that size? But it was, it was a, a good amount of food. Why? He's looking for the man. The Spirit of God was looking for the man, a person, a heart that would yield their vessel to pray. Amen? Amen. Anyone need prayer? Anyone need prayer? 
give thanks. I give thanks. I give thanks, Father, I thank you. I give thanks. Father, I thank you for a spirit of grace on us all. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace. I thank you that you grant us the grace to yield, to yield to your spirit. Father, I thank you for the grace to yield to your spirit, to hear, to open, have our ears open and our hearts ready to yield to your service. Father, I thank you that Paul said, I exhort, I exhort, I warn firmly, firmly that supplications, prayers, intercessions, intercessions, giving a thanks be made for all. Father, grant us that grace. Grant us that grace to see wonderful things happen through your spirit. Father, I thank you that you will show us wonderful things that can happen when we yield our vessel to your spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That's pretty cool. Totally different than what I thought it'd be. I love how God takes it, and he takes it in the direction he wants to. Amen. See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.